change. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started this morning. Welcome to the Genesis Gathering. Uh, we're happy that you've joined us on this slightly rainy Sunday wherever we are. I don't know what it's doing where you are. But welcome everybody. Glad you're here. And we're going to go ahead and get started with some worship. And um, so sing along with us. And by the way, this, this is a new song special request from Mama Nina. There is no fear, cause I believe. There is no doubt, cause I have seen your faithfulness. My fortress, over and 
found in your grace, your faithfulness, my fortress, over and over, make way through the water, walk me through the fire, do what you are famous for, what you are famous for, shut the mouths of lions, bring dry bones to What you are famous for, because I believe in you. God, I believe in you. Release your love inside of me. Release your power for all to see. Spirit, come, fall on over and over make way through the water walk me through the fire do what you are famous for what you are famous for shut the mouths of liars bring dry bones to life and do what you are famous for what you are famous for God of exceedingly, God of abundantly, more than we ask or think, Lord, you will never fail. Your name is powerful, your word's unstoppable, all things are possible in you. God of exceedingly, God of abundantly, more than we ask or think, Lord, you will never fail. Your name is powerful, your word's unstoppable, all things are possible in you. Make way through the water, walk me through the fire, do what you are famous for, what you are famous for, shut the mouths of you are famous for, cause I believe in you, God I believe in you, release your inside of me, there is no doubt, cause I have seen your faithfulness, my fortress. Over and over. Welcome, everybody. Open my eyes to see the wonderful mystery of love, 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 forming into you, I'm drawn to the gravity 
souls, Father. Every day of our lives, we love you. Call me out upon the water, the great unknown, where feet may fail. 
there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. And I will call upon your name. And keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours, and you are mine. abounds in deepest waters, your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds you, you never fail and you won't start now. And I will call upon your
Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for life and breath and the grace that it is to just be alive, Father. We thank you for all of the blessings you bestow upon us. We pray that you would meet us wherever we are today. Be with us. Walk with us. Hold our hand, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Well. You can use one of these microphones. <laughs> Actually, Chris found it if you do want it. Sure. Good morning, everyone. Hey, uh, boy, what about this rain, huh? Well, we've been praying for years for moisture in Colorado, and we're getting it all this year, thankfully. And uh, welcome to you all here in the sanctuary. Um, we want to let you know that this morning we're going to be having communion. So gather your elements there at your homes uh, in order for when we receive communion in just a little while. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead with announcements. So uh, this next Sunday, we're having, and we've been announcing this, the uh, delivery of food. It's 1,200 boxes of 30-pound boxes of food. <laughs> 1,200 boxes, and each one is 30 pounds. So um, it's, it comes from the USDA. It's the Farmers to Families program. And we'll be giving out food from 2 to 4 p.m. here in the parking lot. And so you, your friends, your family, anyone you know, you're welcome to come, come on out, drive your car through, and get food. We also are going to have Girl Scout cookies. We have a connection here with Girl Scout cookies. They're going to be given out as well. And, uh, but this food includes meat and milk and yogurt and fruits and vegetables. It's a very exciting program and a great way to uh, help folks. And even if you feel like you don't need a lot of extra help, I don't know. In these days, we've, we're all needing a little extra help with what's been going on with COVID. So come out. If any of you want to volunteer, you can do that as well. Let us know or just show up here at 1.30 and say, hey, I'm here to volunteer and help. Um, and that's it as far as upcoming events, uh, as far as your giving goes, tithes and offerings can always be given through genesiscc.net. And of course, there's a donate button there. There's a basket here in the sanctuary for those that are here for your checks. There's envelopes back there. And then texting to give at 720 720-730-8510. 8510. And we're going to come back in a little while after the message and we're going to pray. If you have prayer requests, please send them to my cell phone number, which is 720-878-3323. And we'll be happy to pray for your prayer requests this morning. Thank you. Live at Genesis Gathering. It's good to have you. Uh, sorry if you were trying to watch by Facebook that you um, weren't able to for the past 15 minutes. But you are now, and uh, hopefully you found us, okay? Share the link. Share the love. We're here to bless you. Uh, kind of sounds TV preachery, evangelist, tele televangelist -y. Which we are not, if there's anything we are not, it is tele, televangelisty. 
Hey, we have a question we would like you to entertain as we start our time of sharing this morning. And that question is going to be up here on the screen for you. And um, I, I, I looked for a proper way to word this, so don't put it up before me, Jeff. I looked for a proper way to uh, word this, and eh, you know there just isn't. So the subject might seem difficult to you, but again, I want complete honesty. If you're out in live stream as we bring the question up, then I, I want you to respond. What you do is you begin texting right now your response to that. If you're in the sanctuary, we'll bring you the microphone so that you can share your response or your answers over the microphone and everybody gets a chance to hear it then. All right, here's our question for this morning. In what circumstances do you feel justified in hating? In what circumstances do you feel justified in hating? Now, the ref uh, scripture reference uh, tied to the question there that you see on the slide is not correct. And so if you would like that reference, it is Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 12. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12. Text us your answers right now, and if you have any here in the sanctuary and you'd like to participate, we'll bring you the microphone. Again, that text number is 720-878-3323. I'm ready. I'm sorry, just, just, I'm sorry, we don't have the microphone on. Try it again, real close. None. I don't, None. I don't feel justified in any circumstance hating. Um, At least I, not a person. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry, articulate the second part after none. I, I don't feel justified in any circumstance hating a, a person, at least. What about something? Hating. Possibly something if, I mean, it, like if I, it was I, evil, some kind of evil type. Or like I hate liver. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Okay, Texas, your answers. Good answer. The answer was none, especially if it's in relationship to people. Uh, I, I, I don't find, okay. So a uh, question I would raise A question I would raise in response to that is, what about Hitler? Just saying. I, 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 you know, we, we want to evoke you. We want to, not evoke, we want to provoke you. <laughs> Matt says, I hate when I see injustice. Mm. I'm thinking that would probably be a common answer among, stand real close for me. I, I'm thinking that would probably be a common answer in relationship to moral people. That would immoral people not hate injustice? I, I think immoral people would are do the injustice and would do the injustice <laughs> and would think little about how they treat other human beings. And Ma so they maybe are, get hardened. To they it. are not just. Sure, their conscience gets seared. The scripture says. Good responses. Text your responses, 720-878-3323, or fa in the Facebook chat. Yeah, and, and Lisa, if maybe you might get a Facebook chat that I don't get if you Yeah, if you'd know. help us monitor that. We're, we're bringing you along some now. professional help when it comes to our social media that's going to be... Okay, um, 
So, here's one. Um, Michael says, I have never, uh, I have never felt justified in hate. I have had hate towards me justified by scripture. In fact, this week, I had a disagreement with someone who said that it's okay to hate in God's name. This always throws me off and I don't know what to say. Man, were you meant to be tuned in to this broadcast today. <laughs> We're going to address that very thing, Michael. So don't let the devil disrupt your signal. <laughs> That's right. Okay, Tanya says, hatred only hurts self. I do not feel that it is ever justifiable. And Tanya said, nope, not even Hitler. God will take care of that. Hmm. Great answer, uh, Tanya. So in other words, I keep my, um, myself, my attitude, and my spirit free uh, of that lane of feeling and emotion. And things I do not understand or things where certainly somebody like a Hitler is deserving, right, of, of that strong of emotion or that hatred or <clears throat> God will judge. Yeah, that's very wise, Tanya. Thank you. Really good. So, uh, Kathy says, well, in my mind, I feel justified to hate. Yeah. But in my heart, I know I do not. Mm -hmm. If Jesus loves them, so should I. Mm -hmm. Which, I'm going to say something that could be provoking to the Christian family at large. So, I was, you know, of course, right now, unfortunately, there's these problems in Israel that are going on, which... Mm -hmm. You know, sure, let's pray for Israel. But I kind of thought about how that I saw all these things on Facebook, pray for, pray for Israel, pray for Israel. And I thought, well, do we pray for the other countries that are being attacked? And I thought, does God love one country more than another? Does he love one people more? So that's what she says right here. You know, if Jesus loves them, so should I. So God so loved the world. Doesn't he love everybody equally? And so don't we, shouldn't we love every? So I'm, it's kind of a tangent yeah. on what you're saying. And, and, and I've been thinking about this the last couple of days. Yeah, me too. And interestingly enough, uh, Nina, frankly, there uh, is a large segment of evangelical Christianity that would say, yes, that, uh, the, the, uh, that there is a nation that deserves an elevated uh, love and elevated interest from the Christian community in terms of our loyalty. And uh, one of the things I want to just throw in here real quick, by the way, is that there are uh, Christian believers who are passionate Christ followers that are Palestinian. Hmm. Well, anyway, so no hate, all love. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Is that a response? No, that's me. Oh, Ka okay. Kathy did say she hates liver too. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, now, it's such. It, I know it's it's a it, it's a powerful question, isn't it? It uh, it deserves some careful thought, and and it's not a gotcha question. Okay, uh, I I don't do that with these questions. My intent isn't to come back then and show you where you were wrong. That's not the idea here. Really, it's, it, it's to honestly engage us in thought and in ideas around our subject, which clearly you're, you're getting an idea maybe of 
of where some of the subject matter is going. Anybody else? Question or answers to this? Oh, let's see. Here we go. Throw the question back up on the screen briefly, Jeff, so that people who have just joined us. Okay. Okay, so Jim says, Jesus didn't say hate your neighbor. He said love your neighbor. So towards people, I can only feel love for them regardless of who it is or what they've done. I hate liver and onions. I hate cranberries. I hate peanut butter. I hate the way people drive down the highway. Well, some people, how they drive down the highway. <laughs> yes, brother, but if you hate their behavior, it's the same as hating them. Oh, Repent. We, we, we need to hate their sin, not the sinner. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> yes, that falls short, actually. We've said that many years, but there, that really does That's fall short. Yeah, I, I've been certainly guilty of that. Yes. That, that was my way of saying that I can uh, hate what you do and who you are and the essence of what makes you tick, and um, I can hate our differences and uh, certainly continue to position myself as the one who's right, but not be, be guilty of being unloving. Because you're going to love or, them because God loves them. Or hating you because God loves. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a real cop-out. It's pretty stupid. You know, but I've been we've stupid. been asking. Well, I've, I've been stupid. I'm so glad you admit that. No, I've been, Everybody I've, remember that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention it from home sometime. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of questions we're asking these days, these months, these several years yeah. that we didn't ask over the first 40 years of our Christianity that somehow it wasn't we right saw it through one lens. Yeah. And now new questions are arising for me, like, for instance, the question of, well, does God prefer one nation over all other nations? How can that be? He loves us all. Yeah. He loves us. So that's a, that's a new thing for me. Yeah. That's a new realization. That's a new, oh, and all these years I was thinking, so, I mean, and it, maybe you don't agree, but there's a lot of questions we're asking, and it's a good thing to ask questions yeah. and think these things through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's important for us to, the word isn't decompress, I'm looking for a, deconstruct. Uh, deconstruct, that's exactly it. Um, we didn't used to have the liberty to deconstruct right. in our faith, all right? Because if, if you even started to question what you were being taught and who was teaching it, you know, because that's where it translated, if you question what you were being taught, you were questioning the teacher, and of course you don't second guess or question those who are in authority, right? And, and so if that's the case, then uh, uh, how are you going to deconstruct? And, re so, and think things through. So we got, we got free of that. Mm -hmm. We got free of that legalism, and we have been deconstructing in a lot of ways. And, and I would say, I don't want to speak for you, but I think I can see this. We're both closer to Jesus. I know you're closer to Jesus than you've ever been because you're not near as mean. <laughs> But, you know, I'm kidding you. Come on. I'm just throwing this in. <laughs> well, so it was Mother's Day last week. All right? Oh, no. Mother's Day now is what? over. What are we going to say? No, but, but truly, I'm, I'm just saying. All it, these things turn into sermons and gets here in, in front of microphones. Right, Lisa? No. So, and yes, and I, I took the meat out of your sandwich last week, and I apologize. Um, if, I, I think... Asking questions about your faith causes you, causes you to be more intentional with your faith, which is only going to bring you closer 
to the Heavenly Father and to His Son, Jesus Christ. That would be my take on it. Any other questions? Oh. One over here. Or answers. Or a answers, excuse me, yes. She thinks you have an answer. <laughs> All right, well. You want to hold it? As you had spoke last time, it's about all humans, that we're supposed to be able to love on all humans, not certain humans. So there should be no circumstance in which we feel that way, but when we do feel that way, hateful in any circumstance, then we have to re-look at ourselves. Why are we feeling that way? Mm. And find where that hate is coming from because mm. we should be filled with joy. Boy, this is, this is like throwing rocks out in the, the lake or the pond at a log and, and you're hitting all around it. And sometimes you, you, might, you might bounce one off of the log, all right? I mean, several of these answers that you all are given are not only hitting close, but a couple of them have just hit the log, okay? We're going right there in our message. All right. I think that's... Uh I, I think that's mostly it here. You think so? Yeah. That's it? Okay. Um, yeah. I think it's okay for now. All right. And if something else comes up and you want to text that same number, 720-878-3323, feel free to do that and we'll entertain it at some point uh, in the service. My message today, are you all listening? I know you're in your pajamas. I know you're sipping your coffee. I know you're chasing the kids down. I know. I, I know the dog just peed on the floor or whatever's going on. But I really need you, I need you more than ever to really focus this morning on the things that I'm going to say. Uh, I was in a phone conversation this week, uh, somewhat of a support call with a friend. I, I do IT work in addition to ministry work, information technology, computer support. And uh, I was in a conversation with a friend who happened to mention that... Uh, that, that he believes there's a demonic assignment against uh, his computer equipment because of some of the things that blow up and happen to it. <laughs> if there's ever a time I believe there's been a demonic assignment against me preaching or our service or getting this broadcast live to you, it would be this. It would be this service, so it's no wonder that uh, we missed you on Facebook for the first uh, number of minutes, but ho hopefully you're there and you're tuned in, and, and uh, hopefully you'll share this message as well. I've entitled it, Vaccinated by Love. Vaccinated by Love. Here's our text, Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all all sins. You know, hatred is an interesting thing. It actually seeks out contention and strife. Those who hate seek out strife. Those who hate are contentious by their feelings, by their thoughts, by their actions. And I, I think we have only to look uh, into our, our past as a country, as a people, I ha we have only to look into the past of our own Christianity uh, throughout the world and we can see that there's been great hatred uh, which manifested in contention and strife contrary to the love of Jesus Christ. The Hebrew word for hatred means to judge. 
like in a court of law. And so hatred, somebody who's operating in a, a spirit or an attitude of hatred, you, you may not think you're hating, but if you're operating in an attitude or in a, quote, spirit of hatred, then you scrutinize the transgressions of others and then you indict them at the bar of judgment seeking a conviction. That's what hatred does. That's the Hebrew definition of hatred. You, you're, you're always far more interested in what others might be doing wrong or their transgressions, and you want to indict them. You might not call them out verbally, but boy, you're, you're thinking and you're feeling it and you're hoping they get their just reward because after all, God is a just judge and after all, uh, he is going to judge wickedness and he's going to be sure that those who are guilty get their just due. There's an ugliness to hate. Now, our text says hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. We're going to get to that. So this is really a two-part teaching, two-part teaching. We're going to talk about hate first, and I believe in doing so, it's actually going to magnify the wonderful meaning of love when the Scripture says that love covers all sins. Psalm 139 and verse 21 says this, O Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you, Michael? You mentioned this very thing. This is proof text. This is used more frequently and often than any other Bible text for Christians to espouse this idea that we are justified in hating those who hate God. Right? I've heard sermons on this. I'm, I think I've come close to preaching in the past sermons based on this idea that we are justified in hating what God hates. We're justified in hating those who disagree with our perception of a position of a moral high ground. I've been, in a, I've been on a call where an individual on the call believed that they were justified not only in disagreeing with the thought being expressed but in an attacking, in a hate based on a sense that they were taking the moral high ground. We believe we have the green light to express hate with all of the volatile emotion that that word elicits. Now, the practical meaning of hate in the English is very simply a dislike that's very intense or passionate. But this, this English word that we have for hate is inchoate. What do I mean? It, it's imperfectly formed, inchoate, imperfectly formed. It, it, it's confusing because you've got to understand that attached to all words, all words have emotional meaning behind them. You can't talk about hate, especially in the English, without talking about the emotion behind that word. And so, when we talk about hate, when we use the word hate, especially here in America, and I would dare say especially Western evangelicalism, 
We would put it in this context. I hate that president. I, I hate that man. Rather than I dislike and, and I'm grieved by his rhetoric. So, see, the first, I hate that president, has a, a lot of emotion in it, as opposed to I hate Brussels sprouts. And I do. I, I hate Brussels sprouts. But when I say I hate Brussels sprouts, I'm not expressing an intense emotion. But when it's attached then to another human being, God's creation, it completely changes. Now, during the Trump presidency, now I, I have never commented in four years on the Trump presidency. I, I can't remember a time when I have. And I completely stayed away from commenting on the many, many things over four years that, were, that there were plenty of opportunities to comment on and plenty of evangelicals speaking about. But I'm going to this morning in relationship to this subject because I believe it's so powerful for us to discern what hate is and and then opposed to what the scripture calls us to, which is a life of love, so that we can understand the life of love that we're called to. We need to understand what's behind hate. During the Trump presidency, it is my opinion, and it was my observation, that the rhetoric and the words and the marches and the banners and the signs and the policies went far beyond disagreement. They went far beyond dislike. They went far beyond being grieved with. There was an unequivocal emotional hatred. It was visceral. It was deep. People were just overcome. They they, they were out of body in many of the things that God expressed. Our English word for hate in most cases creates negative emotion. But when used about God, it's the Hebrew word sana, S-A-N-A. And it steers completely clear of that emotion and rather substitutes the idea of, get this now, rejection. Used here, Malachi chapter 1, verse 3. Jacob I loved, Esau I have rejected. Esau I have rejected. That's different than the emotional hatred tied to it. See, I, I objected and rejected many of the things over the past four years that our president said or even stood for. But I did not find myself hating. I, I could not go there. I did not become visceral. It, it, it did not cause me to lash out against others who might have been very, very pro in whatever way that you listening to me. You could be on both sides of this. Many that, quote, hated and those who were completely for. I, I refused to enter into that because I found inside of myself 
something that we're going to talk about here in just a moment, a a need to look at something inside of myself rather than be caught up in that stream of emotion called hate. Now, let's review the couplet in one of our verses thus far. Psalm 139, verse 21. Here's another translation of it. Do not hate them, O Lord. Excuse me. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee. Now watch the couplet. He circles around, though, and he gives really the definition of the expression. Do I not hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? See, the Hebrew word grieved means deep disquieting or loathing within yourself, which picks up on the definition of sana. Once again, the Hebrew word for hate, it's, it's devoid of the emotion that we... Americans attach to strong dislike or a disquietness inside. I I was greatly disquieted. I am greatly disquieted within myself over many... I am greatly disquieted right now over the war uh, or or at least the the, the proceedings leading up to what certainly seems to be full-out war between Israel and Hamas, Israel and the people of Gaza. It's very grieving. It's very sad. I go to prayer. But I I don't hate. I don't hate either one. And I'm also not saying, God, wipe them out. You know, wipe that group, that nation out. Because this one is your chosen. How dare we, in the name of Christ, declare that any community, any human being, any group of humans, falls below the, the classification in God's mind that they are less than human and need to be wiped out, that God hates them. No, God is grieved. God is grieved with all of us many times. God is grieved at sin, but he does not hate. He does not enter into that emotion of hate and wanting to destroy, which is where hate practically leads us to. The emotional content of the word, when you are referring to the Bible word in the Old Testament for hate, sena or sana, the emotional content of that must be considered. It's technically accurate to render the passage, I hate them, O Lord, who hate you. It's better rendered and understood, I feel a deep unsettling, I feel a sick feeling for them who hate you. That would be a more proper rendering based on the uh, couplet and based on the Hebrew definition, sena, Hebrew definition of sena, that we find in the Bible. And this is in better keeping with God's very nature that was revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. I'm deeply disturbed. I I have a sick feeling. I'm very unsettled at this behavior, at at this action, at, at what is happening here. But I do not hate with a destructive hate that despises and wants to destroy and wipe them out. One person I was in a conversation with in a group made the comment during the riots that were going on all across our nation last year, let them burn it all to the ground. 
Let him just burn it all to the ground. See, I, I don't find myself able to participate in, in, in a level of, of hate. I, I, I was grieving and rejected what was going on and the, the racism and the systemic nature of racism in our country should drive all of us to our knees to ask ourselves, how, God, has it gotten to this place? How have we continued in this, knowing your love. We should have a sickening feeling, but I, 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 I do not hate. Now, in our text of Proverbs, when it says that love covers all sin, Peter actually picked up on that verse, and he quoted it in this way, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. It covers a multitude of sins, but love does not cover all sins. What do I mean? Well, the Bible talks about, Paul, Paul said that we should warn those who are lazy. He said in Ephesians chapter 5, don't participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness. Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 18, he said when someone deeply offends us, he said that we're to go to them out of relationship and talk to them so that that relationship can be repaired. So let's look again at Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 12, and let's do that from the Passion Translation. Here you go. It's on the screen. Hatred keeps old quarrels alive, but love draws a veil over every insult and finds a way to make sin disappear. That is one of the most powerful translations of any verse of scripture that you will ever read and it is so correct to both the literal Hebrew definition for love and hate as well as God's nature as we find it expressed in the person of Jesus Christ I'm going to read it again Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 12 from the Passion Translation Hatred keeps old quarrels alive, but love draws a veil over every insult. See, we're to cast a veil. When, when we see something that causes us to be grieved, when we see something that causes us to be offended, when we see something that causes us to be deeply disgusted and, and bereaved, and, and just we, we're beginning to become emotional with this intensely. We're passionate about taking a, a, an opposing view to that. We need to cast a veil over that in those moments and we over every offense or insult and we need to find a way to make the sin of that disappear see that's what Jesus did Jesus didn't just lay down like a doormat and allow sin and all of its manifestations he confronted sin, especially in the religious leaders, not really so much in the populace or the community. He confronted it in the religious, hypocritical Pharisees and religious teachers of his day, which is, I hope, certainly what this message is going to help do. Because their religion, the, the children of the Pharisees, are still manifested today in, in religion in the religious notions that we carry as Christians. The word love in Hebrew means to conceal or hide something entirely from view. Look at this. 
to conceal or hide something entirely from view. It's used in relationship to the floodwaters. For Noah, the floodwaters came and they covered and they hid everything in sight from view. It's used uh, in reference to the Shekinah glory of God that would come down and permeate the, the temple so that they, they could not stand and they could not see and they would fall on their face to worship that cloud. We, we find it here in Proverbs 17 and verse 9, whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but he who brings it up separates friends. So we're not talking about just dismissing sin or covering over sin, and only God can cover sin. But we are talking about it any time in your life that you find yourself offended or deeply moved, passionately opposed to something. You dislike something or someone very much then it is time for us to do what it says in the scripture here, to draw a veil over that insult, that offense, and to look for ways to cause that sin to disappear. Why do we do that? I want to share with you now a concept that I believe could change your entire world as it relates to this subject of hatred and love and how we understand it. Let's look together at John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 13. Here we go. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Question, only your, quote, friends? Question, who is your friend? Answer, who did Jesus lay his life down for? Only those who loved him? Only those who were good to him? Only those who got his teaching and said, yeah, let's go. I agree. I agree with your teaching. I agree with your direction. I agree with what you want to accomplish. I agree. Let's go, Jesus. Only those? Who was the friend of Jesus that he loved and laid his life down for? All right, now, if you've heard nothing I've said this entire 25, I don't know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I want you to watch and listen to and hear this quote. You might want to write it down. You ready? When we love others, we lose sight of what leads us into accusation. When we love others, we lose sight of what leads us into accusation. Accusation. That's John Parsons, a Hebrew teacher. Wow, how powerful. When I really love you, despite what might be going on, I'm going to look at that and I'm going to cast a veil over insults or offenses or darkness or sins. I'm going to cast a veil over that and I'm going to be looking at that and I'm going to find ways to make that sin disappear. And I'm also going to find ways to lead me out of accusation so that I can manifest love. Uh, did I say, by the way, that when it comes to Dismissing sin, just covering sin, sin covers, 
or excuse me, love covers all sin, we are definitely not talking about when justice and ethics demand that a matter be repeated, such as sexual or other kinds of heinous abuses. We're not talking about covering over that. We're not talking about dismissing that. And, and never would Scripture and never would the love of Jesus Christ. Here's 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. See, that's so contrary to the English definition of hate or strongly disliking. Even though you might dislike or remove the emotion from it, even though you might strongly take a different position on whatever it might be, your opinion is juxtaposed, juxtaposed, completely 180 different than somebody else's. And yet you can stay free of that emotion, that insult. When, when you feel like you're offended, you can cast a veil over that. You can cause that sin to disappear. How? You can follow the instruction that Peter gave us. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Now, I told you I was going to share with you a, a concept that will act, absolutely change your world. And it's leading us to my final point. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 7. From the mirror translation of the Bible. Here we go. In worship you will find a genuine fondness for others. At the heart of everything that faith unfolds is the agape love of God. At the heart of everything that faith unfolds is the agape love of God. In worship, you find genuine fondness for others. You see... You've got to begin, I've got to begin considering everybody, even my enemies, my friend. And consider this, it is impossible to hate when you are laying your life down for another. Did you get that? No greater love than this, than one would lay his life down. Would you be able to do that for someone you intensely dislike? Would you be able to do that for someone or something with which you are passionately opposed? Francois, in his translation of the Bible, says this, and I, I want to quote him here. Worship and devotion includes esteeming people and honoring friendship. True worship is to touch someone's life with the same devotion and care that you would touch Jesus himself, even if the other person seems a most unlikely candidate. Here's where I have a real opposition. Regardless of what is going on right now in your own life with these things, Or what's happened over, let's just take, the past four years where we had a president who was in office that was such a lightning rod, all right, whose words and many of his actions were so distasteful 
here's where we really come down. If you're going to be a Christ follower, if you're going to be one who embraces truth, and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, then you must be one who esteems people and honors friendship even amongst those with whom you disagree, even amongst those with whom you have intense feelings towards of dislike. You must consider them your friend. True worship is to touch someone else's life with the same devotion and care that you would give to Jesus. Is that possible? Can you do that? Well, not in myself I can't. But through his power, through his love operating in me, through the power of his spirit, yes, I can. And so no greater love than this, than to lay my life. Is it possible that we are called by Jesus to lay our lives down, not just for the lovely, not just for those who we agree with, not just for those who think like we do, vote like we do, live like we do, worship like we do. Is it possible that we're called to lay our life down and touch others the way we would reach out to and touch and bless Jesus? Even when we find them in that zone that many slip over then into Before we receive communion, I'd like to share this with you. I told you that my message was called Vaccinated by Love. Why? If you will operate in the love that Jesus has given us, if you will operate in the love for others, the friendship of others, the touching and caring of others like Jesus has taught us to do, it will absolutely vaccinate you from so many things in life. I'm going to put this on the screen. Look at this. Living this way, like I've talked about here today, living this way vaccinates you from loathing, discord, bitterness, shame, victimization, and visceral hatred. This is the vaccination. This is the vaccination for hatred. It's called love. And it's how Jesus loved us. And whether you're talking Hebrew or Greek, Old Testament or New, there is only one God, and He changes not. God does not hate anyone. And if you, as an evangelical, believing Christian, have taken Scripture out of context to justify the hating of individuals. I don't care who they are. I don't care where they've grown up. I don't care what country they live in or what their religion. I don't care, I don't care if they're gay or straight or lesbian or transgender or a thief or a criminal or Hezbollah or Hamas or, yes, Israel or a Jew or a Gentile, an American, a believer or a non-believer. We are his creation. We are human. 
and Christ died to reconcile humanity to the Father. And in him, Paul said, he keeps no record of wrong against anyone. May God help us to love the way that he loves us. And may Jesus, let's pray. May Jesus right now, Jesus, I'm asking you through this message, by your presence, the power of the Holy Spirit, please, Holy Spirit, God, have mercy on us who are listening. God, have mercy on those who will be listening in the days, hours, weeks to come. Have mercy on us. Forgive us for our hatred. Wash us. Renew us. Yes, renew us in the truth of Scripture and the truth, most of all, Jesus, the truth of who you are, Jesus. Would you renew us in this amazing, self-giving, sacrificial love that you demonstrated on the cross when God died? us. Amen. We're going to receive communion. We're going to distribute the elements here. You at home, would you go ahead and prepare? Get your juice, get your bread, get your water. If that's the only thing you have conveniently, would you join us? Grab some bread, give it to the kids. Let's receive communion. If there's ever been a morning to receive communion, it's what we're doing now. Jesus met with his disciples just before leaving the earth in what's called the Lord's Supper. And they broke bread, and he also gave them the cup, and they drank together. And he said something pretty astonishing to them during that Lord's Supper. He said regarding the bread, he said, this is my body. He didn't say this is a symbol of it, okay? This is much more than just a symbol. He said, this is my body broken for you. Do you know that this body that we take, it unites us, but not only with those of us that believe alike. Do you know this unites you with the children of Hamas? Did you know that this unites you with the leadership of Israel? Did you know that this unites you with the gay person? Did you know that this unites you with the broken family member with whom you have not spoken for a dozen years? Do you know that this bread, this is the body of our Lord, and by taking it, we're saying, I'm laying down my life to love the way that you do, Jesus. Let's take and eat.
future, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pre-prepare mine. <laughs> I got fat thumbs. Yeah, and, and this brand is, is, is a little bit... We have self-serve communion where the wafer is sealed on top of a, a little cup of, of a juice. And uh, so getting into that can be... So we've taken the bread... We've said, I lay my life down. Now let's seal that agreement. Let's declare boldly, I choose to love as I am loved. Right? I choose to love as I am loved because of what he sacrificed and did for me. I'm forgiven, so I forgive. I love. I'm loved, so I love. Take and drink. We have prayer requests. Um, I have quite a long list today, and as I was looking at this long list, and it, it's been coming throughout the week. It's come from people who are people from Genesis. It's come from our Genesis church at Bingo, um, and some that just have come in. And so um, the thought that really rose up in my mind and heart was compassion, Had it, having a compassion upon all that's going on in people's lives. And um, I looked up a scripture. It says, it's in Matthew 14, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Wow. And so we kind of have, a for us, kind of a huge crowd of names here. Um, and I won't go through each ailment and everything, but either they're, dealing with pain or illness or recovery from surgery or going into surgery this week. Uh, there are fears and anxieties. There's family members who are dealing with the person who's having the ongoing illness and they're, they're tired and they're broken. And whew, Let's have some compassion as we pray for Tina and Jim, for Christina, for Mary Ann, for Mary Wright. For Emily, for Jean, for Hannah and her parents, for Eileen, for Rosemary and Diane. And you may have some folks on your mind that didn't get to me. Please include them as well. And Jesus, wow, you had compassion on each one of these people we named. You have compassion and you heal the sick. And so we thank you for your healing power, spirit, at, at, I don't know about spirit, whether it need to be healed here, but soul and body uh, that needs to be healed, mind, will, and emotions. Maybe circumstances need to be healed. Maybe the right doctors need to come into their lives. Or the right medications need to come into their lives. Or they just plain need a miracle. And that's what you are famous for. <laughs> like the song said, that is what you are famous for. Wow, we just, whew, let's sit on that for just a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you heal 
all our diseases. That you were broken and torn for our emotional needs. And I thank you now for releasing your healing in minds and in bodies in your very powerful name. In Jesus. Amen. Hey, uh, I want to make one more announcement it occurs to me to make. It looks like probably by next Sunday, our sanctuary will be back to normal. Uh, no restrictions, um, no seating or distancing restrictions with the CDC announcements, and uh, Adams County going to what's called level clear, which means 100% occupancy. So... That's pretty exciting, and I'm pretty sure that's the direction St. John's will go by next Sunday, and the, all the chairs will be set back up in here, and again, we want to invite you to come back live and in person to be with us at church service. And then let's not forget that next Sunday is also the Sunday that we are doing the food box giveaway here in the parking lot. So... Um, a semi-truck, literally a huge 18-wheeler semi-truck, is uh, going to pull up on Sunday with over $44,000 worth of food, pre-boxed 30-pound boxes. We've got milk, we've got yogurt, we've got meat, um, Girl Scout cookies, and we are going to be distributing that uh, to whomsoever comes. So if you are able to volunteer from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, the pallets of food will already be unloaded from the semi-truck, and they'll be in the parking lot. We've got to unwrap those from their shrink wrap and then get them ready to put in the vehicles as the vehicles come through. We need people to help with that, people to help with flagging the cars in and back out of the parking lot safely. We need people who can dialogue at the window of the of the individuals in the car, ask them if there's anything they would like prayer for, and uh, the car will be able to pull over if so, and uh, you pray with them right there. So this is a wonderful opportunity for you to minister to people, and we hope that you'll seize it, all right? And then uh, also, uh, we're going to be filling out contact information on anybody that's looking for a church between St. John's and our own church. And so uh, we have a form to fill out. So we need people. We need bodies. A number of you have said uh, you're willing. I want you this week, even if you've said before, even if you've already told us that uh, you are willing to be a volunteer, I'd like you this week to again let us know that you're going to volunteer. Send us your phone number. Give us your name, your phone number, and uh, the contact information we need to get back in touch with you. And then plan to be here a little early if you're not coming to service, 1.30. Now, if you're coming to service, we're going to have service. Then we'll be unloading the truck directly after. After We'll have some lunch. Maybe we'll have some sandwiches out here, order some Subway, something like that, some pizza. And then at 2 o'clock, promptly, that's when the vehicles will begin coming through. I'm going today over to a sister church, uh, Grace Fellowship Thornton. They're doing one of these today in the parking lot of North Metro. And uh, it's my pleasure to have uh, my good friends here, Lewis and Carol Rojas, that uh, are part of that church and uh, their food giveaway. And so I'm going to be able to go over today here just in a few moments and watch how they're doing that. and. Uh, get a good idea for our own service or our own distribution next week.
So with that said, we uh, love you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part. For those of you that were here in the service today, thank you for being a part. We love you. Thank you very much. We bless you. And uh, thank you for your giving, by the way. All right? And next week, plan to be here in person. All right? Let's fill our sanctuary. Come on back. No masks. No social distancing. Come back. Let's do it. All right? Let's have church again. We'll see you next week. God bless.